Greetings. This is Pastor Ray Lane. I'm here for bringing you another podcast, another interview today. We've just heard, or you might have just heard, an interview that I had with Tyler Ryberg recently. But today I want to take slightly different direction. But as you know, everything that's in these podcasts has to do with God's work in man's life and what God wants and how we can benefit by following God's leading. Tyler shared his testimony in this other podcast that hopefully you've just heard. I believe it's number 30. This would be number 31. And in giving his testimony, he shared a little bit about his military time. And I'd just like to ask you a question, Tyler. Why in the world did uh, your cohorts in the military call you the Rev? That sounds kind of strange for places that going where you've been. What do you mean? Well, uh, God uh, brought me into the Marine Corps, and of all things, I was to be an infantry officer. But uh, at the time, they were, the Marine Corps was short pilots. And they said, while I was at basic infantry training, they being the higher-ups, the Marine Corps was short pilots, and they said, if you have 20-20 vision, you are headed to flight training. And uh, I had to step forward because I had 20-20 vision. They gave me what is called a flight physical. I passed it, and I was off to Pensacola, Florida to start flight training. And it was rather unusual. I was just a poor boy from Texas that worked through college, and I didn't even know how to spell aviation nor aerodynamics. So here I am. <laughs> in Pensacola, Florida, sitting in aviation indoctrination, and I am lost. I didn't know anything about engineering and aircraft engines and things of that nature, so I had to do quick learn, and I also ended up in stupid study. Yes, stupid study. That means you've pa you failed the test, and you're going to take them until you pass them. So they really needed pilots badly. <laughs> So anyway, I got through the testing stage and I went to flight training and uh, I managed to get through that because my instructor was called Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus gives you anything you want and he was very lenient with me. <laughs> he gave me twice the instructions uh, to start my basic training flights, but sooner or later I got it. And uh, by the time I got my wings of gold and became an aviator in the Marine Corps, I felt like I was the ace of the base. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so, Hoo-ah. So, so then I go off to my first fleet squadron. It was at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I checked into a Cobra gunship squadron. I asked to fly Cobra gunships because they're the frontline armed helicopters that will prepare the way for the infantry as they move forward in war zones. So I was excited about that. And uh, I did my basic training in the Cobra attack gunship, and I did well. And I became uh, 
One of the uh, pilots, there was 95 of us in my squadron. But um, when God saved my soul, uh, God gave me a commitment to be a Christian first and a Marine second. And as, uh, as I entered the squadron, there was a lot of tough guys who didn't really think Christians were anything but wimps. So uh, I went in there, and I was a very strong witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I would come up to my pilot friends that I was flying with, because you had two pilots in the cockpit, and uh, when we took off and we started flying on a mission, I would uh, ask them, hey, where do you go to church? Do you have a Bible? Do you read a Bible? And uh, I normally got the answer 90% of the time that church? No, I don't go to church. Uh, I have a Bible, but it's my wife's. And that's the kind of answers I would get. So I would start to ask them, well, why don't you come to church with me? And my wife and I will fix a nice dinner and you can bring your family and you can go to church. And many of them did. And many of them got saved. My best buddy in the Marine Corps got saved at our church. And it was just a blessing. We would fly together, me and another pilot, for two hours on a mission. And during that two hours, I had plenty of time to give the witness and the gospel of Jesus Christ of the death, burial, and resurrection. And they were amazed at me. As a matter of fact, they called me the reverend because I was preaching to them quite a bit in the cockpit, and uh, they listened. They listened. And I would say that within the three years I was in my first squadron, we had 10 guys get saved and uh, come to church. And some of them are missionaries now over in... Uh, I believe it's Germany, yes. And then others that I have met and I had witnessed to, there was one major in particular, he was a lieutenant at that time, but 10 years later, I met him again in a Marine Corps squadron overseas in Okinawa, Japan. And one of the guys, Major Scott Paul, he said, Ryberg, is that you? I said, yes, Scott, how are you? He said, are you still overly religious? I says, no, I'm saved by grace and that I still love the Lord. And uh, I think you need to really consider that. And I was in the cockpit once six hours with Scott Paul. And unfortunately, he ended up dying in an aircraft accident and I never knew whether or not he received Christ as his Savior, but he did get the gospel, and so did the other 95 pilots. And uh, Mike Halloran got saved. Uh, Brother Howard got saved. We had uh, another major that I hadn't seen for 10 years. The first thing he did was come up to me and says, Tyler, I got saved. So you can be a witness in the military for the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are living your life for God, and if you are uh, 
loving your God and you have a heart for God, God will give you a heart for him. So for 28 years in my Marine Corps career, I was able to be a witness, member of good local churches that we attended, and uh, God had blessed all the way through my career. Uh, I, I would witness in the Pentagon. I, the Lord blessed me. I picked up full bird colonel in my time in the Pentagon, and I would interject what God's will was for our nation and for the defense of our nation in the Pentagon at meetings to make people understand that it's not only weaponry, but it's God that changes the heart of the king. It's God that moves a military to victory or defeat. It is God all through the Bible that had just wars when evil people were killing innocent people. It's very important that God will intervene with our military. Our nation is 243 years old. And during that time, we have had five major wars and conflicts. And God has spared us and God has given our nation the victory during all these years. And I believe now as I retired and went into full-time ministry that in these last days in which we're living, uh, that God is still working in our nation and especially in our military. My wife and I, after we retired, after 28 years of service in the Marine Corps, gave us a ministry to our military. There's 300 major U.S. military bases around the world. The military presence, U.S. military presence, is in every nation. That's 196 nations in the world. And we have a lot of military-to-military -military programs with foreign nations. I've been in, well, on five continents in 42 nations. And uh, very interesting, too, working with foreign militaries, I found that uh, they are still receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The German uh, army, the Norwegians, the uh, Finland, with uh, the Brits, the 4-0 commandos, the tough guys, they need the Lord. And so anyway, it was just a great career and now we have uh, a God-given ministry to reach our men and women in uniform with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And truly at this time, uh, there is a revival. Our current president put out an executive directive that gave the military freedom to witness and freedom to give our testimony of salvation on bases, all the bases around the world. We've never had such religious liberty on our bases around the world to preach the gospel of Christ. Tyler, I'd like to ask you a question. When, when you were young, one of the things that generally happens with people in high school and college age is that they have a very, well, they're very socially conscient. They have a social conscience. 
and they're concerned about right and wrong and ethics and stuff, even though they don't measure up very well frequently in that period. But when you came up against the idea that you might actually be involved in the death of an enemy soldier, how did you cope with that? I remember when I was a brand new Christian, I wasn't saved till I was 33. My service year, my military years were far behind me. But I did think about this quite a lot as a new Christian. How can we reconcile this? And I knew a lot of guys that were ex-Navy and ex-Army. And uh, it, it seemed to be a conflict in my mind for a little while. How did you handle it? Well, in the Bible, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, gave us the purpose of government in a nation. And the purpose of our government in the U.S. Constitution is clear, that our nation and national security is the key to being safe and sound as a nation. And government sets up an Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and Air Force to protect the United States. So Paul gives us the civil government is to defend our nation, and Israel is the same. Israel, God gave them all through the Bible the right to fight enemy forces when the enemy forces were killing innocent people. They have to be stopped. Did that include killing innocent babies? No, not at all. Uh, it, it gave us... No, the, I mean that the, uh, that the enemy was killing innocent babies. Yes, indeed. They were killing innocent babies, and to stop that evil from killing innocent people and babies, that uh, we have to intervene and stop it. We have to do that. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, I have another question, and who knows where this will lead us, but at the most recent uh, president's address to the nation, uh, state of the nation address, as the cameras were rolling from time to time, we saw some military people in the front row there. Uh, boy, they had more ribbons and more stuff hanging on them. And, you, you know, they, they looked pretty, pretty flashy and they represented this Army, Navy, Marine Corps, uh, all, of the, all of the military, the chiefs of staff. Did you happen to know any of those individuals? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is Joe Dunford. Joe Dunford and I worked together for one full year while I was at the Pentagon from 1996 to 1999. We were both colonels, and uh, God called me out to serve him in military evangelism, but God let Joe stay in, and God used him. He is a Christian man, by the way. 
he professes Christ. And uh, you could tell that with his demeanor now, even as President Trump, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But Joe and I had a great time together, and I knew from his stature, his love for what he's doing in our military, his love for God, that God was going to use him greatly. And uh, I went in full-time military evangelism. He went in full-time military service, and he is there this very day standing by our president to do the will of the president for our military of the United States of America. So it, uh, also I know General Neller. He's the commandant of the Marine Corps. Uh, we were actually in the Marine Corps the same time. I didn't know him personally, but I know of him uh, and his position on Christianity. He is a Christian man also. So the bottom line is this. The military men and women in the military services need the Lord, and I thank God that I believe 75 to 80 percent of our senior officers and senior enlisted know the Lord. They know who God is, and they know of His Son, and that many believers are in this outfit called the military, and that comforts me knowing that they know when to shoot, when not to shoot, based on God's principles. And once again, those principles are clear. If evil people are killing innocent men, women, and children, we need to intervene and stop them from doing that. And there's many means to do that, but uh, we can't cover all that today. All right. Well, that's that seems like a good place to uh, stop for this point in time. Tyler, this has been very enlightening for me, and I, I'm pretty sure that every person who listens to this, uh, every listener out there is uh, kind of amazed a little bit at what you've had to say. It's, uh, well, it answers a lot of questions that people have, and I thank you for doing this. And right now I'm going to turn this podcast over to T.D. White, and he will uh, say goodbye for us, but I hope to have you as a listener soon, and be sure to tell your friends about what you heard when you listened to this. They'll, you'll be glad, and they'll be glad to know all the great information that Tyler Ryberg had to give. So thanks again for listening. And now to T.D. White.